Welcome to the Ask the Estate Agent podcast, here to give you the knowledge and inspiration to take the next steps in the world of property. Your weekly dose of property market updates, top tips on buying, selling, renting and investing in property. From your expert estate agents and through interviews with industry specialists. We're here to answer your questions. So here's your host, serial entrepreneur and estate agent, David Thomas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of Ask the Estate Agent podcast. Today's episode is answering the question, what is the difference between leasehold and freehold property? Now, undoubtedly, this is one of the most important subjects when you're purchasing a property. It can be the most confusing. There's lots of different variables and complexities to it, especially if you're buying for the very first time. It's critical that you sort of understand the difference and all the variables involved. So in this podcast, I want to give an overview of it all. I want you to sort of understand the difference between freehold and leasehold. And then we'll dig a little bit deeper into leasehold, understanding all the variables and the questions you need to be asking through your solicitor when you're purchasing to understand exactly what you're buying. So what we'll look at initially is freehold. So freehold is often seen as the best of the two titles because when you buy a freehold, it's also known as absolute title. What you're buying is the property in its entirety and the land that it sits on. So when you see your title plan outlined in red, you own everything within that. And there's no third party, there's nobody else that that you owe any money for or rent for or anything to do with that. You're free to do what you like with that property within the confines of law and and, law. planning permissions and things like that, but you own it entirely. So freehold is the better of the two. You often see most houses are freehold and where leaseholders really come into play is more in apartment buildings where you've got mass dwellings together. We are now though seeing it creep more and more into houses, which is where the confusion is coming up now because you could have the choice of buying a house, both leasehold or freehold. So this is where the difference really comes in and where you need to understand. So as a leaseholder, the difference is that you're renting that property for a fixed period of time by way of a lease contract. With that, what you then have is a freeholder that owns the land underneath your property, often referred to as the landlord. You then end up having to pay certain charges like ground rent and often a management service charge for the upkeep of the building. Because when you're buying a leasehold, you're effectively renting, leasing it for that period of time, but you're leasing the internal confines of the property. So the actual building itself and the maintenance of that is often the responsibility of your freeholder landlord and the land underneath is theirs and they own that. So there is a lot of crossover and a lot of obligations and responsibilities that are shared between yourself as the leaseholder and your freeholder stroke landlord. So what we'll do is go into a bit more detail on the various parts of leasehold that you really need to consider if you're buying it. The first thing to look into is how long is the lease for? Now, typically, most leases will be between sort of 90 to 125 year leases when they're new and they can go up to as much as 999 years, which is sometimes seen as a virtual freehold. 
The reason they say virtual freehold is because the duration is that long that you're going to get lots of lifetimes out of the property before it ever reverts back to the freeholder. But don't be confused that there will still be leasehold obligations. You'll still have to potentially pay things like ground rent and service charges and things. So don't get confused by just because you have an extremely long leasehold that it's still leasehold. So those durations are key to understand when you buy because if a leasehold is less than 70 years, typically this starts to affect the value of the property. The shorter the lease, your value declines quite quickly. And the reason for this is as it gets closer and closer to the end of the lease, you need to extend it with the freeholder. Otherwise, the flat or the apartment or the house reverts back to the freeholder at the end of the lease. So effectively, the freeholder, say if you took a lease of 125 years, at the end of that 125 years, the freeholder owns it again. And you just walk away, just like leasing a vehicle. You've just handed back the keys and you walk away at the end of the 125 years. Most of the time, people extend it. And what happens there is a valuation's done on the amount of years remaining and a price is agreed to extend the lease by a period of time. Now, the key thing is to understand these the duration of the lease and what effect that has on the value and also that you can extend it because what you don't typically want to do is buy a leasehold property with no option to extend. And as you get nearer and nearer to that time, your investment and, and the price you've paid for it sort of dwindles away. The key thing to look at when you're looking to extend the leasehold, and I'll put the website address in the show notes as well so you can refer to this, is the Leasehold Advisory Service. Now, it's a great website, got tons of information on there, and they're there for you to call anytime, run through various scenarios, and they'll help you to understand what the likely valuation is of any extension and also the process that you, you should go through for that. So the first thing then is understanding the duration of your lease and whether it can be extended or not. The next thing to look into is what is the ground rent for that particular lease. Now, as we discussed, when you when you own a property leasehold, the freeholder owns the land underneath it. And this is where ground rent comes into it. It's a, a rent that you pay to the freeholder normally annually. And it's relatively small as a figure, probably between 50 up to about £350 a year we've seen. And this is normally paid either annually or sometimes they can do it monthly, quarterly. So it's understanding what that figure is. But more importantly, don't just look at the figure that it is when you purchase the property. So you could buy a flat and at the time the ground rent is £50 a year. And you think £50 a year, that's not that bad. The problem is inside the lease, there will be details of how that ground rent increases. And this can be done in a variety of ways. And most of the time it steps up over a period of time. So read the lease to understand when that happens and how much it goes up by. Because it can be, say, every 25 years, it doubles or it goes up by some index linking. You really need to understand what that is because you don't want the shock that you buy it at £50 and within 25 years you're paying quadruple that price. So definitely check the ground rent figure and how that ground rent figure can be adjusted over the period of your lease. 
The next thing to look at then is other associated costs with your leasehold property. This is really prevalent in uh, flat and apartment buildings because you don't own the structure of the building and the land underneath it. And because you're potentially sharing facilities and communal areas, entrances, stairwells, etc., what happens is the freeholder will normally appoint a managing agent to manage those areas and collect a service charge to maintain them and to upkeep those areas, redecorate as and when required, and carry out any essential maintenance. So this service charge element will normally then be presented to you in a management pack. So when you buy a leasehold property, you should receive, your solicitor should receive a management pack from the managing agent showing you all the budget for the building, how it's split down to each apartment, all the things that are covered and any sort of long-term maintenance things that might be coming up, giving you a real insight as to the costs of actually living there. Now, it's really important that you look at this and understand it because in there you're going to find things like, you know, is the building easily maintained? Does it have a lot of upkeep costs? When was it last redecorated? When was the roof replaced? Things like that. You know, these big expenditures can cost tens to hundreds of thousands of pounds, which then gets split down between all the leaseholders. So depending on how many flats and apartments are in the building, you need to factor in these kind of long-term expenditures. And in that management pack, the agent will break down these things. They should have a forward maintenance plan and you should be able to see in the budget where your money is being spent. So it's critical you factor this in. You know, these service charges can be from hundreds to thousands of pounds a year, normally paid quarterly, can be paid monthly depending on the managing agent. But again, this is another expense that you will have moving forward as a leasehold owner. So in comparison with a freeholder, you buy the property and that's it. You only ever pay for anything if your property needs something and you know, you're know you maintaining or upgrading it on your terms. The difference with a leasehold property is you have ongoing costs. And these can be very variable and they can almost be out of your control. So factor in the ground rent, but really look at the service charge, what it currently is and what it could potentially be. The other thing to then consider when you're looking at that management pack and looking at how the service charge is being managed is also at the managing agent themselves. There's a huge array of different managing agents out there. You know, majority of them are good, but there are some bad ones. And you can normally spot these by really scrutinizing how the property is being managed. Do the service charges seem excessive? Is it being proactively maintained rather than just being reactive? So things like that really drill into and look at. So hopefully that gives you a real good overview of the difference between freehold and leasehold and that the the areas of a leasehold that you really need to look into at the point of purchase. Your solicitor should really guide you on this and help you, but ask these questions. If you're not sure, you know, drill into these areas, get your solicitor to, to ask the right questions and get the information that you need. So in summary, you know, the differences between freehold and leasehold can be pretty vast and have a significant financial impact on how you live in that property moving forward. So ask your solicitor, you know, if you need further advice, there's the leasehold advisory. And I'll, again, I'll put the website address now in the show notes. 
So you can always refer to them anytime. And um, yeah, there's a lot of confusion out there. And I think more of it is coming about because houses now are being sold leasehold. This is basically off the back of sort of shared ownership and things like that, that houses initially are sort of set up as a leasehold, but then can be sold freehold. I'll quickly give you an example where we had a foreign investor that bought in a lovely brand new build housing estate, bought a lovely two bed house to rent out in a popular area. And for all intents and purposes and what everybody would expect, you know, that housing estate in those houses would have been a freehold purchase. What happened was after, I think it was about a year after her owning it, she kept getting letters demanding outstanding service charge and ground rent payments. But she obviously did wasn't 100% sure what these were, didn't really understand them, sent them through to us. And at that point, I was like, yep, you, you own the property leasehold and these are due, these are payable. So even when you own a house, you know, they, they charge you for things like the the upkeep of the roads and the estate and things like that. So you, so there will be a service charge element there as well. But she had no idea that she'd actually bought it leasehold. She vaguely remembers being asked by the solicitor, you have a choice, do you want it freehold or leasehold? And at some point she said leasehold, but not knew the difference. You know, now ultimately, when I've explained the difference to her, she would have preferred freehold, but it wasn't discussed and it wasn't gone into detail at that time. So it is really critical that you sort of gain this knowledge now, discuss it with your solicitor, make sure you understand 100% what you're buying. And then you don't get these nasty shocks later that you owe other people money and there are other people involved in your property. So, you know, I hope this helps and I hope it gives you some guidance to look at when you're, especially if you're first time buying, understand those differences, ask those questions And if there's anything off the back of this episode, any other parts of this that you want answering again, please get in touch with us. You can either do it through our website, asktheestateagent.co.uk, or through all our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Ask us the questions. We'll come back to you with the answers. And hopefully we can sort of help you on your your property journey. So I hope you found it useful. And uh, don't forget to contact us with any subjects you'd like in future episodes. And until then, thank you for listening and goodbye for now. We look forward to answering your property questions and helping you with your next move. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Estate Agent podcast.